This episode of Remnant Radio is brought to you in part by our sponsors at Kairos Classrooms. Have you ever thought about learning a biblical language as a supplemental tool in your biblical studies? Well, Kairos Classrooms offers real classroom environments with with classmates and a live instructor who can help teach you biblical languages, both Greek and Hebrew. You need to check out Kairos Classrooms today. Uh, The price for a single semester is crazy affordable for anyone, so check out the links in the description and use promo code REMNANT to get 10% off Kairos Classrooms. Check out Kairos Classrooms today. Discount code R-E-M-N-A-N-T, REMNANT, to get 10% off your semester. Hey everybody, Joshua Lewis here with The Remnant Radio. Today, we're talking about the sacerdotal duty or the (laughs) priesthood of believers. They love that word so much. Um, uh, If you're new to Remnant Radio, Remnant Radio exists to challenge orthodoxy, embrace diversity, and empower people for practical ministry. So when we challenge orthodoxy, all we're doing is looking into the scriptures. The Bible says that the word of God is nullified by the traditions of men. So we're trying to verify, to, to make sure without a shadow of a doubt that what we're teaching in our pulpits is something uh, that is biblically rooted and not the traditions of men. Secondly, uh, we want to embrace diversity. If we have different pastors and teachers from different churches and denominations come on the show, uh, we believe that that diversity of voices prevents us from getting into thought bubbles, again, to verify that the word is the word and not tradition. Finally, we want to empower you for practical ministry. The Bible says to uh, eternal life is to know God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. So true theology is life-changing and impacting. Uh, so that's, that's who Remnant Radio is. That's why we exist. And to my right is the co-host, the myth, the man, the legend, Jeff Gray. Hello. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I always forget to say this until Uh it's too late. I will be monitoring questions. There you go. I'm going to say it now. So if you have questions (laughs) for Michael Miller, right, ask them now. Um, I'm doing good. We had a breakthrough in our family a little bit as of today. My oldest son now has a cell phone. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How he's, old is how old is he? He's eleven, about to be twelve, but he's really big. He looks like he's fourteen or fifteen years old. He he is he's massive. And so very tall. And he's also very mature. He's very responsible. Um so it's about time that I was able to call him when I need to if he's at karate practice. But still as a dad, you're like, Oh man, he's graduated in elementary school last week and now he's in a cell phone. Oh, yeah, I hear that. You know, it's your oldest kid, so it rattles you a little bit, so Pray for me. Yeah, when yeah. we had when we had Rose in our home, so uh, Rose, we adopted a fourteen year old when I was twenty one. So uh, the phone wow. that was a scary thing for me. Yeah. Um, but that is, we're going to segue very smoothly into Michael. How are you doing today? <laughs> I love the total. That's a total no, tangent. I, I, I appreciate. It. I've got a six year old who doesn't have a cell phone. Praise God. Um, she loves my cell phone, but yeah. I was wondering what age. Should I get a cell phone for? So yeah. 12, well, you know, you 11, know 12. your kids. Okay. You know when you're when you're hanging out with them, and I would like last year, I'd have said no way. There's no way. He's not ready for middle school. Um, he's not ready for a cell phone. He's not ready for any of this stuff. And now I look at him and go, man, he's just the way he's behaving. It's just great. It's, it's actually I'm really proud of him. I'm glad we're at, at this place. So awesome. you'll know. You'll know when it's I'll time. I'll know. Yeah. <laughs> just speaking tongues. That's the answer to just everything. The Lord, will, the Lord will show you. Um, Michael, tell us a little bit about you and your ministry before we get into the topic today. Sure. Michael Miller. Um, I'm married to Larissa. She's amazing. I got four kids, six, five are my girls. And then I got a two year old and a six month old. So we got a full quiver and (laughs) I, I passed on the senior leader at uh, upper room Dallas and oversee, uh, upper room churches. We have, we have three churches right now. Um, our, our 
our main one is in Dallas. The, the original one's in Dallas. We oversee that. And uh, it's awesome, man. God's moving there. It's been an incredible journey over the last eight years. Uh, we've centered around worship and prayer. Uh, that's We started as a prayer meeting yeah. uh, in downtown Dallas. And, uh, and from that place, God has just... Uh, he has built his house. Uh, the Praise God. Room. So it's been it's been a blast. And you guys have you guys have had a pretty unique, um, I say, marketing strategy, very divinely mm-hmm. appointed. As yeah. I, as I've listened to you guys, uh, as y'all have been formed. For, I mean, I don't know how long you've been a church, but I've only known about you for the last three or four years. Um, I've been very impacted. We would do uh, evangelism out in Oaklawn. Okay. So we have. Uh, sure. I don't know if you know Jacob Barrientos, but he was the, the evangelism coordinator out of Christ for the Nations. Okay. And I traveled with him a little bit, and we did some evangelism together. But while he was there, he used to take a team, and, and we would take them out there, and they would do evangelism. You, you guys were the closest church that we trusted. Sure. So we're always pointing people that way. Okay. Um, awesome church, great culture. Uh, worship is next level, man. Uh, the place, you can feel it move. Yeah. They love to yeah. worship, and it's evident. So yeah. I, I really want to talk about some of that culture, how you've been able to develop that uh, but we can do that kind of as the topic goes, I think. Sure. So uh, today we are talking about uh, what we called sacerdotal duty. That's a big word that's not used frequently. It's a funny sounding uh, word, It's too. a theological word that involves the priesthood of believers, <laughs> uh, right? So so we're, we're a holy nation, a royal priesthood, right? That yeah. Our ministry before God is reflecting much of Christ's ministry as the high priest, right? So he's the high priest. We're under shepherds. We're under priests, if you will. Um and, and that, that's our ministry to the Lord. And I, I love what you guys do because worship isn't about um, our experience, but really is pleasing to the Lord. That's the goal. That's the objective sure. is to minister to him. Sure. At least that's my perceptive, my perception of watching you guys. 100%. So, so give us a little bit. Why did you pick this topic? I, I picked this topic because I, I think it is... To be um, fair, I slapped the word on it. You, you picked did, the topic. I just changed the I title. I had to Google sacerdotal to figure out what, what we I were going to gonna talk about. Sacerdotal to, I, I, it sounds like I something sound my like a kids Wonka, would eat. A Willy Wonka yeah. candy is what I thought. <laughs> so um, I, I try to keep, I think, I think we get really complicated oh, yeah. when it comes to church, building church, um, and meeting needs. Yeah, using words like sacerdotal. Yeah, exactly. Sacerdotal is a prime example. <laughs> Um, and so we, we have planted, our, our church was planted in Oak Lawn. So if you know anything about Oak Lawn in Dallas, you said you were doing evangelism down there, which is, uh, a spot to, to, to share the love of Jesus with a lot of people that need it. Um, it's known as the homosexual community of Dallas and it was a church planting graveyard. Um, when we went down there, we went down there in 2010, uh, we didn't go down there to plant a church. We had an invitation from a business leader, uh, to pray. He had opened the back, back spot of his building, uh, about wow. 4,000 square feet um, for worship and prayer. And we were at a crossroads in our, in, our, in our lives and ministry. We were looking at even moving, but we, we felt from the Lord we were to go down and, and just pray and see what he would do. And so that was Passover 2010. We were going to go Passover to Pentecost. And uh, man, the Lord just really started moving. There were some divine appointments, relationships that came together. And so we, we decided we'd plow through the summer and just pray. So, so our main reason for going down there was to pray for the city of Dallas. Um, we, we called it the upper room. Not I think it takes audacity to call your church the upper room. <laughs> like historically, yeah. if you're going to put that title on right. your church, something you better be, ready to better be going on, dude. Yeah, yeah. And so it was, it was logistically the business 
owner called it the upper room because it was on a second story and it overlooked downtown Dallas. Okay. So we just we just called it the upper room because he it. called it the upper room. Right. And for a long time, we we're like, man, we're not a church. We're just a prayer meeting. We're not a church. We're just a prayer meeting. We didn't want to be a church. And um, over time, people gathered. People started doing community worship, and we realized we were Oops. a church. <laughs> yeah, a church. Yeah. yeah, two or three and gathered, and accidents happen. It's right? true. <laughs> and and there was a there was a man who 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 gave a word to our community, and he said, "You're going to make church not a dirty word anymore." Wow. Yeah. And and that really resonated with me, just because I think a lot of people have had bad experiences with church. Um, and I, I've really seen that happen. I've seen the Lord reframe uh, that word in many people's minds. So it's been it's been an incredible journey. Yeah, that's cool. So you, when you started doing what we're talking about tonight with like the the priesthood, the sacerdotal yeah. duty, whatever, is you were doing it like in a simple, basic way. Like we want to make it. I mean, when you think of like a priesthood, okay, we were talking about this before the the the, the show started. Where you see the guy coming down the altar and he's got the smoke and then his <laughs> hands and it's oh right, know? but that's Python. not what right. you know, that's not what it looks like because it's what we were talking about before. First and foremost, it's unto the Lord. And so when right. you're saying you were doing prayer meetings, I mean, what did it look like? We you know we have our different little taglines: right. rock pile prayer, intercession right. worship, you know, right. harp and bowl. What yeah. were you guys doing in the launch of this? Not even knowing you were launching anything, but what were sure. you doing? Um, it, it was really messy at first. I think we've yeah. grown in our language and understanding and maturity around the place of prayer. But, you know, Jesus said his house will be a house of prayer. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, he described that. It's his idea that his house mm. would be defined by that activity. And it's defined. I think if you ask a lot of people what, you know, how would you describe church? I don't think people would say prayer. It's a house of prayer. Yeah. And, and so his description of his house, I think, is really important. And I think, I believe, it's one of the reasons I'm so passionate about it is I believe it's the greatest invitation we have as people to explore what that means. Mm. I think a lot of times in certain sectors you think of house of prayer and you automatically think of a ministry or you automatically think of a model. Yeah. But when, when I... I hop KC. Yeah, sure, yeah, sure. So, so we've defined prayer. I think, I think definitions are real important because it's an elastic word. Prayer is an elastic word. It means something to you, something to me. So our community, we've defined prayer as relationship. It's synonymous with relationship. So if we're a house of prayer, we're a house that's in relationship with Jesus. Yeah. We're communing hmm. with Jesus. So that's baseline for us. And then, and then as, you start to, as you start to work that out, we, we, we are very sensitive to what it looks like to corporately be in a relationship with him. So we see prescriptions in the Bible. Psalms 100 is a great one. To enter his gates with thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah. Then enter his courts with praise. So we're meticulous about if we're in relationship with him, what, what, are, we, what are we saying to him? Yeah. How are we approaching him? And we've just studied that. Like we have, we have labored as a house of prayer. Okay, what what does it look like for us and our in our culture in Oakland or in our in our city of Oakland? We now have one in Denver and one up in Frisco, and they're all doing morning, noon, and night prayer. But mm-hmm. we, we've studied how to set a table for him, how to approach him rightly, and then and then respond to him when he comes. And so uh, we found a consistency in it that, that and a simplicity to it where man, lives are being transformed around the place of prayer. Yeah. Like, you don't think about prayer as a means of transformation corporately. Yeah. You think of preaching, you think of a number of things, but but we have seen prayer literally transform people and communities. Yeah. So 
I think we all believe that, but oftentimes it's like, oh God, I got to go to a prayer meeting, you know? And, no, I hear you. And, yeah, and, and so how to make it fun, how to make it yeah, that's with what I was focus ask you. and like, vision. What, what are you guys, how do you guys keep that from getting bogged down? Like where, where's your engaging with the people? Cause you said it get, it's, was messy. And yeah, it, sure. It has a lot of potential to get really messy. Sure. If some, the wrong person gets a hold of a microphone. Yeah. Yeah. We're pretty <laughs> yeah. particular. Oop, there goes the Holy Spirit, you know? So, <laughs> I mean. What do you guys, how are you engaging your people? How are you, I don't know, freeing yeah. them up? How do you say that, you know? Um, that's a great question. Because, yeah. um, again, um, the, you know, is there a wrong way to pray? Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> Here's everything we're saying. But I think, I think there's, there's a way to mature in prayer. And so we've, we've taught our guys that we're, we're initially, we're not going to approach him asking him for things. Oh, yeah. Like, that's good. Like if you just meet someone a, someone of royalty someone of authority someone yeah. in position you're going to honor that person yeah. and so what does it look like for us to bring something to him so if we're going to we're going to hope we we say this he's the guest of honor and so we set a table for him but as soon as he comes in he he then takes the role of host yeah <laughs> wow so there, there's an exchange of like we're 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 here to welcome you but as soon as he comes i mean he's lord right and and I, and yeah, yeah. I always say that, like, we, you know, when we think of Jesus, which we should, as being exalted, there's none that are higher than Jesus. Yes. But there's also none that are lower. Mm. No one will ever go as low as mm. Jesus. And every time we think we go low, he's like, oh, I can go lower yeah. than that. You know? That's good. You think you're humble? Oh, watch this. I'll come right. in. And he just loves to play that role of he, he's right. came to serve, and that's what right. he loves to do, and he loves to bless. So it's good. So, okay, yeah. so I heard a, heard a statement today. Um, not today. It was actually uh, last week sometime. But um, the idea was in the the lord's prayer that that jesus turned the tabernacle on its head because tabernacle worship is you know you enter in obviously thanksgivings and praise i'm not I'm not saying that's unapplicable but there was the there's the sacrifice that takes place there's the laver you wash you go in you got the table of showbread altar of incense you know you got your candle stands and then yom kippur you go into the holy of holies once a year that kind of thing but he starts the prayer our father who in heaven hallowed be thy name and the disciples were like, you pray differently. And this is a culture of prayer sure. that we, the, the, the Jewish culture was a culture deeply, deeply uh, instilled with that, that prayer, but it was not relational. And Jesus flips mm. it on its head and starts from the holy place, right. starts from who God is, wow. starts from how do I serve you and care for wow, you? That's You're holy. We love you. And he flips the system. It doesn't doesn't stop. You know, give us this day our daily bread. That was part of the 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 tabernacle experience. But he flips it. Yeah. Um, he is the most important. Yeah. We're here to serve him. So um, how how does that flesh out? I mean, do you do you does that resonate with you? It totally resonates Amen. with me. Um, I love that. I, I love yeah. The the it, very liturgical probably is how mm-hmm. you would def- describe their prayers. Absolutely. Very methodical liturgical. Or even I, written. You know, and, right. and memorized, and, right? Yeah, right. And I think there's something there's something really beautiful about that. The liturgy, mm-hmm. even the liturgy of the hours, um, studying uh, the times that they prayed. Mm-hmm. Um, we do we do morning, noon, and nights. We do we do six to eight a.m., twelve to two, six to eight, six days a week is mm-hmm. will, will be happening in the fall. So, but but yeah, I think that relational component it's setting him at the center of of the meeting. I think Jesus started with the Father, and then as the source and came from there. I, 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 I think, um, yeah, I think that's beautiful. So, I okay, that. and, and I hear, so you talk to any church, you mm-hmm. talk to a Lutheran church, a Methodist church, a Presbyterian church, you know, any culture, creed, denomination, um, ethnicity, uh, and you ask any of these people, 
you know, where is Jesus? They would all say Jesus is at the center. Sure. Right? He's at the core. Sure. But, but, but because of the way I've seen your church, I've seen your church madly in love with Jesus. And I don't, I don't see spectators. And I think that's part of what yeah. we're talking about today, the, about we are a priesthood. We sure. all have a role. We all have a function. Some of my best friends who attended your church for only a year or two, I can look at a multitude of them who are now in Acts, who are in third world countries where the gospel is illegal, sure. giving their lives to Jesus. And I think that they were they received that missional mindset from what you guys right. are doing. How how is right. how does that flesh out? Well, I think you look at you know, I was teaching on this two weeks ago. If you look at Paul and Barnabas, mm-hmm. so they were they were they were sent to the Gentile world. They were sent I mean, thank God they were sent. We have two thirds of the New Testament, you know, because of that commission. But most of us think that they were commissioned on the road to Damascus. When he encounters the light, he's blinded. It's his conversion story, but he wasn't commissioned there. He was right. commissioned in Acts 13. Yeah. Yeah. And it right. says that the prophets, teachers, there were, there were men of influence, but it lists a number of men. It says that they were ministering to the Lord. Hmm. As an activity, they were ministering to the Lord, hmm. fasting and praying. And then it says the Holy Spirit set, set apart ball, Paul and uh, Barnabas and send them out from that place. And, and I, think this, I think this ministering to the Lord, actually, it actually positions people to be led by the Holy Spirit and for the Holy Spirit to lead us as his people when we gather corporately. Yeah. Most of the time we are, and I think God does honor agendas and plans, but man, the majority of structures that I've been a part of, um, there, there's little room for that. There's little room for the Holy Spirit to move, appoint, speak, direct, and we have just corporately studied, attempted to, and still are learning how to flow with him. You know, it, mm. it, looked, it looked one way when it was six of us when we started the prayer meeting, another one it was 100. Mm. And I've kept saying, can we do it with 400? Can we do it with 800? Can we do it with 1,200? Well, this last Sunday, and I'm not, I'm not really that big into numbers, but I think, I think it's testimony of the fruit um, we, we had, we, we, I don't know if I want to say this online because the fire marshal may be watching, yeah. <laughs> but we, we have code 650 can fit in our room. And uh, Sunday morning we had t- over 1200 people. Our Ooh. overflow was overflowing. And, wow. and, and it's just, it's the presence of Jesus. Yeah. People are so attracted mm. to the presence of Jesus. Yeah, man. And I love preaching. I love preaching. Yeah. I love the Bible. I love truth. I love I love so many things that we participate in, but I think I think those things have taken precedent over yeah. the presence. And yeah. I have seen so many lives transformed by the presence of Jesus. And the primary way that that we usher that in is through prayer and through worship. Right. Yeah. I love what we were talking about about how you know you make him the guest of honor, and then he comes in and he begins to minister. And he's and, the host. And he's yeah. the host. And he begins to speak and he you guys want to learn how to flow with him. And, and that's what I've kind of found is, um, you know, and, and not that I even have the answers, but in meetings where the Holy Spirit will show up and sure. such power and, and the sure. Lord begins to move and he's speaking. But then kind of no one knows what to do. Right. You know, and it's so important that we we allow him and we're able to sit and like you said, and not be about the agenda of, you know, getting the, the three points in a, ser- in a right. poem sermon knocked right. out and all that stuff, but to really allow him. And, you know, at our church, there's times where the Holy Spirit will begin to move and we just ditch everything. Yeah. And those are the times where there are best services. Oh, yeah. It's where people are touched the most. It's sure. where people are changed the most. Sure. And it's what I think, you know, again, 
Um, I like preaching. Josh loves preaching. You know, we're pretty good at it, we think. But it's nothing <laughs> compared to when God yeah, shows up in power. And I can tell that it makes you literally, you can see your emotion. You can see that it's stirred you. It's done something to you to where you're on this show tonight, and you can barely speak of it without getting, like, worked up and getting me worked up and getting Josh worked up. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Come on. So there's What's, something going on here. Yeah. yeah. What is the, the I want to say balance, and I, I only say balance because um, one of my mentors say balance is being equally extreme in all the directions, right? So <laughs> balance so is being equally, equally extreme. extreme in all directions. Okay. So, okay. so if if there is balance, it's it's a radical thing. It's not right. a it's not a docile. Not like thing. a hey, chill out, man. Right, right, Don't right. No, right. Not, that's not that kind of balance. It's yeah. more of a it's more of a. So I have a friend uh, who'd be uh, probably a little bit more liturgical, and his his favorite. Um, reference is why do you need a vision if you have a verse? And he believes in the continuation. He believes sure. in, the, in, in the miracles and the signs. But when when the Bible says the church is this, um, we talk about plans and procedures. There is so much wiggle room. And is that is that what you're saying when you go to that place of prayer and He is able to structure you and order you? I mean, it sounded like you had no intention of planting a church. So well, it, yeah, my, it sounds a little different. My background is I've been a pastor for 20 plus years, so okay. I, I didn't just stumble into planting a church right. or, or ministry. I have a I have a background and um, went to seminary, and so I, I have a I have a solid foundation. But I think. Yeah, I think that that I'm a structure guy. I have a lot of structure. Okay, I, I actually think it, it, that God rests on that structure. Like mm-hmm. I think He's attracted to structure. We have order in our services, but, um, but yeah, I I I just have I just seen us. I've seen us as a, as a community of faith. I think one of the things I'm really passionate about is keeping it simple, mm-hmm. and. This ministry to the Lord—that's the—that's the word we use, synonymous with worship. Worship is ministering to Him. Uh, but if we can, if we can make that the priority, and I would call that loving God. Mm-hmm. Like the greatest commandment is to love mm-hmm. God. That—that's something we can all like. That needs to be cannot, precedent. Cannot be debated. Cannot right, be debated. Right. I mean, yeah. Jesus said prioritizing. But I think in the name of loving God, we we do a lot. Right. We love people. And say we're, we're loving God. We, right we, we, we love truth and love God. But there's a lot of things that I do for my wife in the name of love, right? I did the mm-hmm. dishes before I came here. I put the milk for the kids and set mm-hmm. things up. So yeah. I did that because I love her. But it's different me sitting with her and me spending quality time with her and me telling her I love her. Right. Me, 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 me intimately connecting with her. And I, I feel like, I feel like what I, what we're talking about when it's ministry to the Lord, it's it's a it's it's sitting and gazing upon Him and connecting to His heart, stirring His affections, moving Him. Mm-hmm. I think when we think of an, the activity of worship, we think oftentimes it's the thing that prepares us for the message. Mm-hmm. But what I've like grown deeply convicted about is how much our ministry to Him affects Him, how it moves Him, mm-hmm. how attracted He is to it. How our songs stir him; they 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 just move him. Even yeah, so the fragrance uh, of worship. Yeah, right. the song I've of Solomon. I'm thinking of many one times from your eye that that Matthew oh, yeah. quoted the other day. You know, yeah, yeah. The, the idea that that I I want our expression of worship to get his attention, right? right? So so I think there are plenty of places on the earth that 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 worship isn't. You know, but but I would love it 
to be said of us that there was a smell that caused God to go, what's that? You know, right. yeah. um, just the same way that, you know, you're sitting in your house, you know, unbeknownst to, to you, your wife is cooking or your, your daughter's cooking or whatever, and you smell something and you, what's that? Um, you know, yeah. I, yeah. I want that. That's you know, my it, favorite. It stirs up yeah. a desire Bacon, inside you know. of me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Bacon. Uh, it stirs up a desire. Um, and I would, I would hope that it's said of us and said of our churches. And, and I think that you, you even said it, I think in there, when we talk about loving people, it's an important thing, but I think the best thing we can do for people is love God. And I think that when you have a church that prioritizes loving God, it, it's the best way to love your people. Um, right. You know, so, I, so, you know, introducing them to that presence, introducing them to that worship, and that I, selflessness. I think it's, you know, you, you spoke of the Lord's prayer, that kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. And so, and so in heaven, there's a lot of worship happening. Yeah, it's 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 literally a culture of worship because they're responding to the one in heaven. Yeah. yeah. And so on earth, what does it look like for us to model that culture here? Because worship for for our community is not an activity that we do. Worship is a culture that we've created. So when people come into the upper room. I've heard pastors, I was with some pastors that I deeply admire and respect, but they were taking their worship time from 30 minutes to 20 minutes because they were doing it so they could get to the message and the message would be for the lost that potentially are in the room. And so they were, they were cutting that back because the lost can't, and I think statistically maybe it's proven they can't stick through a certain amount of time of worship. worship. Yeah. Well, our, our best altar calls, our best altar calls are minute 60 of worship. We have seen more yeah. people come to Jesus over the last six months at, at minute 50, 60, 70 when, when, when there's unity in the room and that culture's created and the presence of Jesus is there. Unbelievers' hearts, what is this? Yeah. yeah. What, what, what is this? This is different. And so we'll, we'll, someone on our team will stand up and just share the gospel 10 minutes. John's back. John's back there, like hallelujah, high five in it, man. He's just he's getting stoked. Man, I, uh, we've got we've got pastors yeah, producing our yeah, show tonight, yeah. so oh, they okay. can't scream amen. But as I said, there's something Jesus to is, being there's a something to pressing in and getting past that threshold. There's right. almost like a barrier we kind of have to like punch through, you know, right. and, and then we finally get to that place where I think it's key. It's not that um, Holy Spirit's like. All right, I'm gonna make them wait here a little bit, and you know, see what I can get out of them. Yeah. It's about what you said. When the unity of the room comes together, you know, that's where the oil begins to flow, right. and begin, you know, all that stuff begins to happen. And um, it's, it's a, uh, as in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. Well, in heaven, um, worship is not geared towards the preferences of the angels and what their favorite songs are. Right. And <laughs> all of that stuff and, you know, is, you know, uh, are we going to make the line at the buffet? You know, whatever. It, worship is predicated on what brings God in, like looking upon Jesus, looking upon the glory of God and responding to that. And I think in, in our churches, we need to get to that place again um, where we're so just, I mean, of course, we want to cater to people and we're going to have lost in the room. But like you said, if we'll just get before God and really press in and really go for it. Um, I have a hard time sitting through worship sometimes, but sometimes it's because I'm like, this just feels manufactured in all right. reality. Yeah, I feel like we're, I feel like we're just singing some two or three songs and we're going to do it so we can get to the sermon. And there's other times where you go, something's shifted today, something's different today, and we're pressing in. And, and I think but the man, question is understanding 
understanding why did it shift. Yeah. Understanding what, what did the team do that, that the Holy Spirit responded to? How to create culture that's sensitive to that. And, and I think we, we as a team have, man, we are, I, I've prayed with the same guys. Our Tuesday set from 12 to 2. It's guys that are on YouTube, see our YouTube stuff. It's our worship leaders on there, and all of those guys are in a 12 to 2, 8 to 6 set. They're all serving in some capacity, but we debrief. So we, we have a pre-brief that's probably 20 minutes before the set, and then after the set, we debrief for an hour and talk through the different moves and why did we pray what we pray and why did you sing what you sung and what happened in the room and how do you think? And, and so we have been studying wow. and looking at Okay, why did it shift? Because I don't think it just by happenstance like shifted. We stumble upon. You're being a student no, of His yes, presence. I want to be a student of because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Yeah. Hmm. And I have seen when we partnered as a team in unity with the Holy Spirit and He's Lord and leading. Man, people get free. Yeah, people get free. And you've been, you said you've been doing this for 20 years, and you're still well, asking what happened. I, I've been doing prayer, corporate prayer meetings for 10, and upper room for eight, but. But I, yeah, I've been studying it now for eight years. We just rolled out our prayer, quote unquote, model about six months ago. <laughs> right. We've been doing it for seven years, That's but I, I fought not to just adapt something that was working for someone else. Yeah. We really felt like, and we have, a, we have a long prophetic history of how we got to where we got to, but I really felt like the Lord, the Lord has taught us how to build community and family around the presence of Jesus and the primary expression of um, prayer and worship. Me, in, in that... Um I, you want to call it your model or whatever, and how you're doing things. How much of it? How do you say this? Um, almost contradicting myself, but in the in the sense of when you begin to express, um, I believe we're designed to express sure. our worship in a specific way or or a way that you know it's our hearts are stirred, stirs God's heart, and so um, how much of that did did that come that shine through when it comes down to how you guys do stuff? I don't want to say your preferences, but how in your expression as you being created by God and your team and in your different, the facets of your team, sure. how much of their expression um, comes through and yeah. that, does that make sense what yeah, I'm saying? Like think, instead of like, I think harp and bowl, I think right. that, like we're doing this. I think that we hinder people sometimes we go, well, here's the model. Right. Here's what we're going to do. When we right. start something, we need to say, what's God telling us as a as a group, as a right. people, like a hymn can shake God's heart and it can shake the earth, right? But that is a style. Not but there's an. Ex- but what I'm saying is, there's an expression where people, like we have people here at our, our our church that they love to express their worship through hymns, and it moves their heart. Right. Does it make sense? Like it's sure. like when I used to pray a long time ago, I'd pl- pray to like Sleeping Giant, like metal, like hardcore metal music. And it stirred me yeah. to go to war and prayer. Yeah. And it was real. It wasn't like, oh, this is rocking. It was yeah. a real prayer. So Yeah, no, I think I think there's you know, if you look if you look biblically, the Levitical tribe, it was a call. Yeah. A Levitical tribe, a Levitical heart. David built the tabernacle of David. He gathered Levites. It says Chenaniah, I think it's in First Chronicles fifteen, was a skilled singer, skilled yeah. musician. So there's a level of excellence, there's a level of skill, there's a level of calling that we want to identify. Yes. And then Chenaniah also poured into the younger ones. So he trained those Levites in song. He trained them in sound. And so we, we don't just throw anyone up there. Uh, we want to make sure we want to make sure they're skilled. We want to make sure they're, they're heart integrous and like know how to connect with the Lord. They're connected to our vision. It's not just there is a, there is a, a way to enter in well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the hardest thing for a lot of our, our, our Levites is entering in with Thanksgiving. 
entering in with praise because typically we want to enter in connecting to our feelings. Mm -hmm. Like I, you know, I don't feel that. I don't feel like I'm leaning that way, but typically a lot of the things they feel is they start singing about themselves. So they start singing about Lord, break every chain or something about you do something for me versus I'm bringing something to you. And so I think words matter. If, if it's a hymn, if it's a if it's a relevant worship song, I think words that we say to God matter, yeah. and I think those initial yeah. words really matter because they posture our hearts correctly before Him so to powerful. see Him rightly, then respond to Him when He comes. And so, whatever style that is, um, we have all kinds of styles. I would say at our twelve to two sets, all different demographics, ages, but those fundamental things are consistent no matter the style. Yeah. So I want to ask you about what is our role as priests? I know we talked about a little bit about ministering to the Lord in that worship and prayer style, Mm -hmm. but I want to talk about a little bit about what is our function Monday through Friday in our ministry, in our priesthood to the Lord. But before we do that, I have to let everyone know it's about 30 minutes into the program. Uh, uh, We've got a lot of questions. If you have questions, ask them in the comments. Jeff is uh, checking those. I'm going to give you a quick, brief update on who we are. We are Remnant Radio. If you've never watched the program before, we're here to just have theological conversations with different pastors and teachers from different churches and denominations. Uh, right now, this program is being live-streamed to Facebook, but it's also uh, going to the Aramaic Broadcasting Network and the Trinity Channel. So reaching about 1 billion people throughout the earth in New Zealand, Australia, and the Middle East. So um, this this little program, uh, it's 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 uh, it's a small flame, but we're, but we're just stewarding it. Baby. We're doing whatever we can with it, man. So we've... <laughs> We've been on for about eight months, and yeah. we're trying to upgrade our equipment. So we're trying to build a $25,000 studio in the room adjacent to us, higher ceilings, broader space. Uh, but we have a, a donor who's given us $5,000 in the month of June. So anyone who gives in this month, they will match up to $5,000. So anything that you give is doubled. You can give on our website at theremnantradio.com to help us out there. But now to the important stuff, because that's fun, but this is the important stuff. What What is the priesthood look like? What does that ministry um, Monday through Friday look like for the priesthood? Right. Being I, us. I think that's a loaded question. Yeah, I know. Such a I good know. one. Um, I, I, do, I do think, I, I think there's a primary responsibility that we have, a primary activity that we have, and everything else falls under that. And, and I, would say, I would say that that primary ministry is first to the Lord. I, I keep coming no, no, back to you. that. Yeah. But, but I... I feel like I feel like it is such a special invitation that we have. In, in Ezekiel forty four, he talks about two types of priests. Mm-hmm. It's a fascinating chapter, mm-hmm. and and the first I named my son David Zechariah. Oh, really? Yeah, Zechariah and Ezekiel both have passages of, anyway um, that are similar to that, talking about the the, the priest. Um, I think about Joshua uh, and uh, and Zechariah, and how there are two olive trees in heaven that are pouring out oil into the earth. Uh, it's in Revelation, it's in Ezekiel, and it's in uh, Zechariah. But there is a just a, a ministry from heaven to the earth that takes place in the throne room. Yeah. Uh, and a bit, it's a bit of a tangent. I don't want to no, distract beautiful. you from what you're talking about. You get into Zechariah, and oh, it's, we're going to get in trouble. Just <laughs> digging. You can get to the olive trees and the... Woo! Uh, Ezekiel. <laughs> There's this scripture in Sorry, Ezekiel 44. Listen to this. This is talking about priest. It says, Ezekiel 44, 16, it says, They shall enter my sanctuary... They shall come near to my table to minister to me and keep my charge. So that the Lord has a table that these priests were invited to 
and it was a table where they would come near to him to minister to him. But but prior to that, that was that was that was the second type group of priests he was addressing. But the first group weren't allowed to come to that table. The first group were only allowed to offer. It says it says and and there's there's a little context not to get too too deep into it, but. He's talking about a former a former group of priests, and it says that uh, they shall not come near to me to serve as a priest. They shall not come near to the holy things. But it says that their ministry will be a ministry to the people, so that they can they can um, they can stand at the gates, they can minister in the house, they can slaughter the burnt offerings for the people. They shall stand before the people and minister to them. Yeah, so the, there was a group of priests that was that can only minister to the people, and then a group that was invited to minister to the Lord. And when I think about that, I think about I think about priests, oftentimes we think about representing God to people, mm-hmm. which is a yeah. role of the priest. Yeah, we, sure. we, we should do that. It, it's a primary thing. Um, but, 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 it, but it flows from our ministry to him. Right. And we, do you think that, and I'm, I'm, I'm just spitballing here, that the ministry of Christ is the one to people? that Christ is the first priesthood, that Christ is the first one that came that exposes the, the nature of the Father and he's ministering to the people and that we as the second group of people are people ministering to the Lord? I would totally say that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes that sounds You don't good. have to say it, though. He just said it. Yeah, no, no. But, but <laughs> you know, the reason I'm thinking of that is, is because when I think of the priesthood, I think of, and, and this is theological here, but I think of blood. Um, everything is blood. You sacrifice the laver covered in blood. You go to the laver, you yeah. wash off the blood. You go into the Holy of Holies, you spread the blood. I mean, there's blood everywhere. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. And They're experts in dealing with blood. Yeah, yeah. I know that's really graphic for, for the unbeliever who's watching, but um, just come to church and drink the Kool-Aid and, and, and the chips uh. with us. It'll be crazy. Um, so so <laughs> to, say, to say all that, um, I, I think that the expression of the priest is to proclaim what Christ has done, you know? So, so even in, um, uh, talking about, uh, ministering to people, our only ministry to people is, this is what Christ said about the father, right? This is, this is, we're, we're just proclaiming what Christ already proclaimed. We're not really doing anything unique. Um, our ministry to the father can be something that is expressive. It's something that, that we can, uh, by the power of the Holy spirit initiate, you know, Jeff Baldwin, don't you? Yeah. I okay. Like so, so Jeff, he used to say, um, God is looking for worshipers who will worship him in spirit and in truth. He doesn't say he's looking for worship in spirit and in truth. He's looking for worshipers sure. to worship in spirit and in truth. And there's the heart of the believer when, when, when they are transformed through the spirit and through truth, they're able to minister to the Lord. It's not that it's not necessarily even, uh, what is being projected. It's the heart of the individual that's positioned and, and words have a lot to do with that. Um, but, but when we're talking about, um, sorry, we're talking about our, our ministry to people. What, what does that primarily look like? Um, from y'all's perspective, from your style, because right. you, again, you guys have a very unique approach to ministry. Uh, and I, I think that's sad because I, I look at it and I go, that's amazing. Like that's right. everything. And I, and I think that's unique in our culture. Right. I think we, 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 we hit one key. We hit this key a lot. And, and I think, I think it's oftentimes we talk about coming in and going out. Mm-hmm. So we come in to worship, we go out to witness. Yeah. And so people who have encountered the Lord, people who are regularly ministering to him, worshiping him, a, a part of a culture that's saturated with the presence, when, when they leave from that place, they're, and, and we equip too, so we equip, we do a lot of equipping around that. So there's 
there's the ministry to the Lord and then equipping people. I, I believe we're then actually positioned to really impact culture, to love people well, um, to, to really take the kingdom of God and, and strategies, ideas that we've received from that place and invade society. Um, we've, we've seen that happen. So- Give us give us a little bit of the throne room breakdown, you know, because you talk about the veil being torn, the tabernacle of David, David being established. Mm-hmm. What does that What does that look like for us separately from them? Because I know this is something that you're passionate about, so it might not be in your notes here. But uh, what is what are the implications of that in the New Testament believer that the veil has been torn and that we are able to minister before the Lord in that right. Davidic covenant? Yeah, we can confidently approach Him. It says that in Hebrews four. Um, I I think I think it's. I think it's the celebration of the gospel. Like, I think ministering to him is, is a celebration of what we've received. Like, I believe in the proclamation of the gospel. I, I think Acts 15, if you look at Acts 15, there's this great discussion, there's dissension, they're trying to figure it out. Well, only three things are captured. Three things. It says, after much debate, the first was Peter, and mm-hmm. Peter, Peter talks about the proclamation of the gospel, which we all love. Mm-hmm. Then it's Paul and Barnabas, and they talk about signs and wonders which is the demonstration of the gospel. And then the brother of Jesus, James, pulls this random scripture out of Amos 9-11. This is the restoration of the tabernacle of David, which I think is multifaceted. There's a number of, yeah. we need another podcast for that. But, but I think that's the celebration of the gospel. Hmm. So I think there's the proclamation, there's the demonstration, the celebration. And I think what we have really learned to do in our assignment from the Lord, which I, I hope our assignment impacts other cultures. I don't know necessarily that... Every culture has to look like ours. Right. Um, but, but I think ours is to impact the broader church in those regards, how to celebrate what we've received, yeah. how, to, how, to, how to respond to the message that has so transformed us. Yeah. And so, so I think, I'm using this term like ministry, it's not a work. Like, okay. we're not, it's not a work. It's this delight and duty of loving him. But the idea that worship ministers to the Lord that 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 kind of like wait what it, it what it, it moves him it affects yeah, him yeah. it stirs him why because of what we've received i'm presenting to you the heart that you redeemed yeah. the heart that you transformed the, uh, this is my offering to you and yeah, you, <laughs> yeah man. here they come yeah yeah and and i think that's what peter in uh in in first peter second chapter he talks about jesus being the living stone that was rejected. But he says, we as living stones are being built up, up as yeah. a spiritual yeah. house, and that spiritual house is a royal priesthood. Yeah. And so I think as royal priesthood, we have to start with God. We have to start with ministering, worshiping, celebrating who he is. Like our, our prayer sets aren't rarely, towards the end, do we get into asking, but most of them are celebrating his nature and his character. Yeah. They're just... well. St- we're we're very prone to um you know we say we walk by faith not by sight but we also typically can (laughs) prone to look at what we do do not have what we're lacking and we begin to petition god for things that he's actually already made available for us you were talking about that recently and so i love that you're saying we celebrate and we thank god we're we're for what he's already done he's already done the there's the work is called the finished work for a reason and so 
um, celebrating what he's done, even in the even despite what we see or don't see, despite how our feelings. You were talking about how you you don't want to go into worship or leading worship, you know, especially when you're having a heart that's like, oh, I don't feel this or feel right. that. That you go in with thanksgiving, you go in with celebration for what Jesus has done, who he is, what he's accomplished. Um, what we know is coming down the pipeline, whether we're waiting five minutes or five years, he's going to come through. He's yeah. going to make a way. Whether yeah. no, I mean, we just know who he is. We know his character. And we know his nature. Yeah. And celebrating him in that, worshiping him, him in that, is it brings us back and roots us and grounds us into that reality again. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, we're not having to really ask for anything right. because now the, the portal or whatever you want to call right. it is open now and we're in that free-flowing Right, these spiritual I, gifts have been made available, kind of stuff going on. I, so. I would describe that as faith. Yeah, that 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 you're 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 fighting the good fight of yeah. faith. You're you, kicking flesh in the face, and you're saying, "I'm gonna worship him, right. nonetheless." Yeah, yeah. And we walk by faith. Yeah. So I think this activity actually builds faith. That's really good. To do it. Yeah. So, so uh, Ephesians chapter three, when it talks about uh, Paul, he's praying for the body of Christ. He says. Um, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, being rooted and grounded in love. You may have strength to comprehend together with all the saints what is the breadth, length, depth, height, and another love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. That there's something that takes place in in the community of priesthood when they come together that there is a measurable portion of God's love that's made known, right? So he says that you come together with all the saints right. that you may know the yep. breadth, length, so, so there is a, a length that you have that I can't comprehend of God's nature. There's a height that Jeff has that I can't comprehend. There's a, there's a, there's a width that Jeff has. And, and as I hear those, those words, you know, this is what he's done for me. This is what Christ has done. This is what I heard in the word. This is how I, I studied and this is what the Lord showed me. And that's why we, we listen to the sermons and stuff like that. It's for edification so that we know who he is. Mm-hmm. If we're preaching sermons constantly that pray better, uh, be a better dad, um, um, evangelize better, yeah. and it's always better, Christian better, better. Right. Which is yeah. it, no, it's important, but it, a lot of it is character modification, and yeah, most behavior. transformation takes place from uh, who he is. I want to know who he is. It's it's the the gazing deeply into those right. eyes of fire that transforms right. me. Right. Um, so it's beautiful. So when we talk about that love, um, and, and I know. Uh, I know that oh, I keep I keep asking these these roundabout questions when, when it talks about knowing God's love in that community and then and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. There is a passage and this is I know this is a long way around to get this. There's a passage in the chapter before in Ephesians two that talks about we're being built together. Um, uh, very similar uh, as the spiritual house. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's this this holy temple under the Lord that Christ dwells in. And I really believe there's not, there's not a place in heaven or on earth that God would rather dwell than when we're dwelling in unity with one another. Mm. So so how does the priesthood of believers, how does that unity look? Because, um, again, I come in to worship every time I go to the upper room. Right. Walk in, the entire place is just roaring. It's like a concert. And not, not to say you know that you guys are putting on a show. Pe- pe- people hear concert, but yeah. it's like there's so much energy and life right. in that place. Yeah. How do you walk well, in that unity? Because yeah. God's there. Well, I, I think you, the answer to that question for me was in the question when you said, um, you said knowing who he is. Yeah. And we define worship. We define the term worship is agreeing with who he is. Hmm. So a culture of worship is a culture that agrees with who he is. We're celebrating who he is. Mm. And 
and that's the stronghold. I can call it a stronghold. Absolutely. And it's the name above all names. It's yeah. the highest name. Well, yeah. And so got to take when, those thoughts captive, bring right, them down, trying to exalt right. themselves so above we're, Jesus. We're, so. We've got a great song. We were listening to it on the way over that came forth at our conference. So there's this creative flow that's come out as we're doing morning, noon, and night around the presence. Just these songs. And we've been meticulous again about our words matter. Yeah. And worship's agreeing with who he is. And so this girl, Hannah, she, she wrote a song called Jesus, You're My Healer. Hmm. Jesus, you're my healer. And, and it just... I mean, these, some of the lyrics just, I mean, it solidifies in your heart. Wow, Jesus is my healer. And you feel, you can sense faith, the substance of faith filling the room and hearts of a unified community. At our conference, there were 20, like 2,500 people singing that passionately. Yeah. The atmosphere changes. I mean, yeah. you, you sense something. So from there, and then mm. we, define, we define intercession as agreeing with, what he wants to do or agreeing with what he does. So Jesus, you're my healer. It would be so natural then for us to pray for the sick. Mm-hmm. And so we did. We prayed for the sick. We had we had a number of deaf ears open up at the conference. Um, locked jaws. It was strange. There were so many locked jaws. These jaws opened up. But, but he then demonstrated his nature among us from that song and from yeah. that unified agreement. So I think, I think that unity comes from what we're unifying upon and that is who he is which then inevitably leads us to what he wants to do right it's good and so that's that's the basis of our yeah. prayer meetings though honestly that's the model that's great the lord is but you were saying that the concert you know i was thinking of the concerts the sporting events the reason why those places go they get to that place is because they are fixated on one thing right they're going for their team or they're, right. they're there for that, they're Beyonce, or whatever they're there for. Yeah. And when you walk into an atmosphere where everyone's like, no, this is about the Lord, this is about Jesus, it's not about getting my needs met, it's not about feeling better because I had a bad week or whatnot. It's, good. it's about fixing my eyes right. on Jesus and giving him what he's due, what he's worthy of. Right. Then, and then only, will these things begin yeah. to transpire. That's good. Which is the Holy Spirit's favorite yeah. subject is Jesus. All he wants to talk about. And, <laughs> and so he, he wants to reveal, I always think of it as a magnifying glass. He's searching who Jesus is. And when we come in, a lot of times on our prayer sets, giving thanks, giving praise, we have songs set up. But oftentimes he'll highlight just one little phrase about the nature of Jesus. So blows it up. When, when we look at the, <laughs> there's some really weird scriptures uh, in, in Leviticus that talks about the requirements for the priests, mm-hmm. right? It talks about, um, you know, not having acne. It talks about, you know, being, being pretty. <laughs> like if you're ugly, you can't be a priest, nicely. like those uh. kinds of things. Um, when, it, when it comes to a priesthood of believers, is there, is there, is there implications to our lifestyle, you know, the, the way that we live Monday through Friday, not just the way that we serve the Lord, but the way that we, you know, treat our wives, the way that we treat our kids. Yeah. Is there, what is the responsibility of the priesthood? Mm. I know, again, loaded questions, but what would you say, again, I know primarily your, your go back to is serve no. the Lord, but what would you say is in our, in our approach to him, I, priorities? Yeah, I think, I think holiness is important. Yeah. I think, um, I think, I think holiness is important. Yeah. I think I think and the more the more you're in that place, I see it as a fruit. It is a pursuit, but I see it as a fruit from that lifestyle, from that place. And then it is also a pursuit. Um, you know, doing 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 the calling that we have um at the upper room, it it's not always goosebumps, it's not always a YouTube moment, it's not always there's there's a level of diligence and we measure we measure like a win by faithfulness, man. We showed up. Mm-hmm. And and so I think I think there's a number of ways to answer this question, but 
Um, yeah, I, I think I think I think we do have to pursue holiness. I think we have to live lives that are sensitive to the Holy Spirit. That are sensitive, like holiness is unto intimacy. Mm-hmm. Holiness is unto our ability to respond to Him, know Him. You know, we're one with Him, and so we 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 study him we study what he likes we study what he wants to do and so i would say i would say the the that holiness is certainly a a, a pursuit so yeah. a, a prerequisite uh, in being a priest uh, would be a student like a student of the word a student of the lord's nature and character i think that we can um we can produce lazy priests i suppose um people who um i want to show up for the worship experience i want to show up for uh, the feeling the encounter um, but really but I need to be a student of his character and his nature. What what I love about Isaiah is that the the angels are not singing to God. It actually says they're screaming to one another. They're shouting to mm-hmm. one another, saying holy. Like they're they're circling him and they're hey he's weird over here too. <laughs> and the uh, and that one because that's what holy means. It's a reverent word for weird. So they're screaming to each other like this guy's different. And they like move and like he's he's different over right. here too. And they're screaming to one another. Right. And that's that's. I, I see that in Scripture, even, you know, Paul, you know, educating one another with psalms, hymns, and spirit. There's, a, there's an education piece even to worship that, that this is supposed to educate us on who he is. So we need to be students of who he is so that we can, like you said, worship. If you don't know who he is, you can't agree with who he is. Right. So That's personally, um, you know, <laughs> being a teacher, yeah, my priority is being a student, right? So uh, uh, being a student of God's word, holiness, absolutely a, a prerequisite. That's... Romans 12, right? Being uh, our spiritual act of worship is our holy lifestyle to the Lord. Um, uh, but, but man, I think there's, there's so much in, uh, I guess, just resting in who Christ is. Um, not resting in my ability, but really just leaning deeply into who he is. Right. Um, so that I can become who I'm called to be. Right. Um, right. I, because he's the high priest, right? Yes. I, it's interesting in this Ezekiel 44 text I was talking about, one of the requirements that the priest who came to his table, they couldn't wear wool. Hmm. They could only wear linen. And the reason they couldn't wear wool is because the Lord didn't want anything that would make the priest sweat. Such I was sort a, of thinking it's, it's going to be really hot, quest. probably, yeah. Such a strange thing, but I think it, I think it, it's, it's the ease of, of, I think this is a prophetic picture of resting in the finished works. Yeah. And, and I, again, I think holiness, holiness comes forth from us realizing the grace and the love of the Holy One who yeah. has made provision for us to be one with Him. And, and, and like, behavior is modified from that place. Yeah, right. You know, transformation, sanctification, it's, those things start to set. When we talk about behavior set. modification a lot of times in church, it's not, that's not the real problem. It's the motivation for the, for the modification right. where that's that really gets good. skewed. And so we're trying to, people are feeling shame or they're feeling, you know, I'm not meeting up the standards of the, whatever the pastor thinks I should be doing. And so that's why we're changing instead of it being beholding Jesus and right. his beauty and his holiness. And I think it's awesome because um, we're talking about these, these requirements, which are biblical and they're good. Um, and then, but we're also, you're setting up a place right now where people are like, man, I don't really feel like I'm that kind of person. I don't feel like I'm really meeting these requirements you're setting up an atmosphere where people can go and learn mm-hmm. how to be this. And yeah. they, can, they can say, well, I'm struggling with dot, 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 but I can come into the presence of the Lord. And they're, they're repentant, and, they're, and their desire is to have more of God, but they know they've got to struggle. And so they can go into that place and right. find, um, find the holiness of God 
that will then begin to I, I me and Josh, we have our things we we default to. You already went to your default, holy, holy, holy. Some of our defaults am I that I can't find a scripture in the New Testament that um, talks about the holiness of the believer without it being directly correlated to being a child of God. Yeah. Mm. Every single time, it's always about being beloved. We're dearly beloved children. Um, you know, and so there's something yeah. about resting in the holiness of God, um, washed by the blood of Jesus, to where now you're embraced and you're you're held, and He's comforting you even in the midst of all your your junk. But as He's doing it, He's washing you clean, and it's He's beautiful. and He's He's changing who you are. So right. that when you get up, um, you can speak to your wife more kindly and your kids, yeah. and, right. and and do a better job at you know. Well, I'm, I'm even pleased when the boss isn't watching kind the of the direction you know? that, that the interview's gone because we've we've just parked on love Jesus be with Jesus and I think that it's so easy if we were to talk about the priesthood of believers with with nearly anyone they would say well the priesthood sacrifice so we've got to sacrifice the priest uh, kept themselves clean so we've got to keep ourselves clean the priesthood would go in and they would they would eat of the showbread and that represents this and that represents and they would make um, this relationship a labor um, when really when you fall in love with Jesus, those all those things come naturally. Right. Like when you realize who he is, it's not a sacrifice to watch less TV and pray because that's a joy. That's that, you know, yeah. consider all joy, my brother, when you kind of various trials. It's not a, it's not really a trial to the man who's gazed at Jesus mm-hmm. because they have a smile on their face. They're yeah, growing right. like an angel. Well, first John says we talk about like we we um, we we do the things of God. We fulfill these things and they're not burdensome. Right. Like obedience is not burdensome. And so. It's again all within that same passage about being being a loved child, a beloved child of God. So lavished love. We've got know? like two minutes left in the program. How do people follow you, man? I have in your church. Our website, youardallas.com, okay. I believe. Um, or Google Uproom Dallas. I've we, I posted that. So. Okay, cool. Yep. We have a podcast. I I actually just preached a sermon on uh, ministering to the Lord on Ezekiel forty four. Uh, which which will answer probably some questions that yeah. we may have created, but um, and then I also am, I'm on Instagram okay. uh, as well and Twitter. Cool. So Freeland Miller. Okay, so uh, if you guys again are new to the program and share us, like, subscribe, all that good stuff, you can give on our website at theremnantradio.com. We got some pretty pretty fly merch on there uh so if you guys want to go on there and buy that it's made to order stuff so if you purchase uh the shirt it actually gets mailed to you that day um or not that day it gets it gets printed and and mailed to you it takes about two weeks to get to you Uh, but it's cool so you don't have to go through us to get sent straight to your address through the company Beard no, oil? Not yet? No. no. Just right. use coconut oil. It's oh. what you need. All right. This guy's a barber. Yeah. Oh, so really? He's, yeah. He, he's referred to as the beard whisperer. The beard whisperer. <laughs> uh, so, beautiful. yeah, when Robbie was on, he wanted to go by and get some get some. Get some beard. Some beard loving. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, you guys, thank you so much uh, for tuning in this Great week show. to yeah. The Remnant Radio. It's been it's been a pleasure to have you Man, on. It's an awesome. honor. Thank you we for love, having me. I can't yeah. say enough positive things about your church. I gotta come yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah YouTube, the Upper Room YouTube's the, I didn't mention that, but that's where. Okay, you, that's actually I watch know. most of your stuff yeah. is on YouTube, yeah, and you've got moments. guys are on Spotify, and you'll have tons of listens right. to the music there. Yeah, we didn't really get into those views, but it's fascinating what God's doing through the nations. Yeah, and the nations with that North well, Korea. Really? Yeah, it's dialed in. Like it's, it's that's killer. It's an active nation. They're worshiping Jesus with the Upper Room. And that's powerful. It's awesome. Well, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in this week. We love you. We'll see you next time.
Want to thank Kairos Classrooms for sponsoring this episode of Remnant Radio. And if you're out there, you've ever wondered, hey, I wonder if learning a biblical language would be a supplemental tool for me to help me in my biblical studies. Well, you need to check out Kairos Classrooms. They offer Greek and Hebrew classes that can help teach you and train you. It's a live classroom environment with actual students and actual live teachers, and they help teach you the biblical languages of Greek and Hebrew. You need to check out Kairos Classrooms today. There's a link in the description, and you can use the promo code REMNANT to get 10% off. These classes are already crazy affordable, but with the promo code REMNANT, R-E-M-N-A-N-T, you'll get 10% off of Kairos Classrooms. So check that out today. And thank you so much for Kairos for sponsoring this episode of REMNANT Radio.